we have been in the series, Jesus, Teach Me How to Pray, a series as we have uh, slowly, or we still are slowly working through the Lord's Prayer. It's what you're also working through in your Sunday school and Bible study material. If you are physically able this morning, I ask you to join me in standing as we read from Matthew chapter 6, and we'll read verses 9 through 11 of what is called the Lord's Prayer or the Model Prayer. Jesus spoke these words as he was teaching his disciples on how to pray. He said, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11 that we will focus on today, Jesus said, Give us this day our daily bread. And all of God's children said together, Amen. Let it be, Lord Jesus, and bless the reading of your word. You may be seated today. Thus far in the Lord's or the model prayer, Jesus has taught us to consider and proclaim the greatness of God the Father, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, or let your name be set apart as glorious and holy above all things in the earth. May your kingdom come. May it destroy all the nations of the world, bring history to a close. May your kingdom come in its fullness, in totality. May your will be done in the hearts and lives of of your children around the world and in the Great Commission. So now considering this great Father, this great kingdom that is coming, and His will to be done, so that all will one day see His glory, Jesus now teaches us to turn our face towards this all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing God in heaven, and ask Him, Father, our Father, for our daily needs. Some of you might know the name of George Mueller, and for all of us here today uh, that are to have a meaningful, deep, trusting prayer life with our Father would, be, would do well to read the writings, the uh, diary of George Mueller. George Mueller was married, and he settled down in Bristol, England, and as he was growing daily in his faith and developing a burden for the homeless children that were running through the streets of England. So at a public meeting in Bristol, England on December the 9th, 1835, he presented a plan for an orphanage. In April, on April 11th, 1836, uh, a little over a year later, the doors of the orphanage opened. Twenty-six children were immediately taken in soon after a second orphanage was opened, and then a third orphanage was opened. The interesting thing about Mueller in that day, he refused to ask for funds or even to speak of the ministry's financial needs. He would not. Uh, he believed in praying earnestly and trusting the Lord to provide. And the Lord did provide. And I want to say this, though sometimes at the last moment, it wasn't always a lot more, but it wasn't less, and it wasn't early, but it wasn't late. It was on time. And it was what they needed. 
Uh, one of the best known stories of this illustration involves a morning when the children were bought, brought to the breakfast table. Their plates were empty, their cups were empty. They were waiting for breakfast. There was no food for the children in the orphanage that morning. Mueller still set the cups and the plates out. And he still gathered them in the dining hall. And he still got up and prayed for the Lord to provide their daily bread. About that time, uh, Mueller talks about how a knock sounded at the door. And it was the baker. And he said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt uh, you needed bread for this morning. So I've been up since 2 a.m. cooking bread for the children. And so... There was bread, and it was just a couple minutes later as the baker baker's bringing the bread in that another knock came, and the milkman had a wagon full of milk, and his wagon had broken down right in front of the orphanage. He said, Mr. Mueller, I need to unload this milk. Will the children take the milk and so I can repair my wagon? Stories like this were quite common in Mueller's work. Mueller in his time in the 1800s, without asking for funds or ever talking about ministry needs, only trusting the Father and praying earnestly, housed more than 10,000 orphans in his life. He prayed in, listen, in the 1800s, millions of dollars for the orphanage. Traveled to scores of countries preaching the gospel, and he recorded 50,000 answers to prayers. Mueller prayed to his heavenly Father, and he trusted him for his daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord Jesus. Every word in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread, has robust implications to consider. And, I, and just for the next few moments, I want to look at those words. The first is give. Give. Lord, give. Our Father, give unto your children. It's a realization that our lives are fragile and frail. This isn't something that we like to talk about, but it's truth. No matter how strong you think you are at this point, no matter how wise you think you are at this point, no matter how together you think you have your life at this point, there is a thin line, one happening of your life coming down on top of you, of your strength leaving you, of the strength of your mind escaping you, of all the things in life that you hold dear, that you feel you've worked hard for, can be stripped from you in a second. No matter how well you believe you have it together, even with good decisions many of us have made, in this life and hard work and effort, beloved, the truth is we are fragile and frail and we are needy creatures and we need a mighty creator to provide for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We are to be dependent upon our heavenly Father to give us our daily needs because of His loving kindness towards His children because we need His help to provide for us. And beloved, we must not have the idea that we'll take care of the earthly things and leave the heavenly things to God. That's pride. And pride does not have a seat at the table at the throne of grace in heaven. 
There is no place for the idea that, you know what, Lord, you take care of some other people. I got it together today. I'm taken care of today. I'll cover all this stuff on the earth today. That is not a loving relationship, an intimate relationship between a heavenly father and his adopted child. And beloved, even before the fall of man and the curse of sin contaminated the earth, all that Adam and Eve had, God had provided for them. Even before sin, God provided life for them. He created them. Even before the fall, God provided for them a place to live and fruit to eat. Even before the destruction of the tempter. How much more do we need the provision of the Heavenly Father since the curse of sin and death has come upon us? And because He is our Father that created us and adopted us into His family through Jesus Christ, we can be assured that He cares for us and He cares for our daily needs. Beloved, God is not only concerned with the heavens, but He is also concerned with the small details of your life and my life. What a wonderful truth to ponder today. In Luke chapter 11, Verses 10 through 13, Luke chapter 11, 10 through 13, Jesus taught again about asking and seeking and knocking. He said, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it is open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Beloved, we have a heavenly Father that desires to have his children come to him and ask and pray, Father, I am needy today. I'm needy every day. My life is fragile and frail. Give us this day our daily bread. Which takes us to the next. Us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. See, we are in need of our Father's care and provision. And we are to live with a daily dependence upon our loving Father. Not just when things appear too difficult for us. Oh, I need you now, Father. But He teaches us daily to come to the throne of grace and asking, petitioning for the Father's provision in all areas of life. Every day, daily, we are to come to Him asking Him to provide for us. But this also teaches us another beautiful truth. As an old song says, to take one day at a time. And as the children of Israel in the wilderness, many of you remember when God gave them the heavenly bread from above that fell in the mornings, they were to gather only enough manna for the day. And tomorrow, more manna would come. They were to gather not more or it would rot, but also not less than what they needed. Daily, we need our Father. Daily, we need to talk to Him. 
Daily, we need to petition Him for our needs, our daily bread. This teaches us and trains us to consistently depend upon God, that we do not use God our Father as just a fire escape when the house is burning. But every day, we are consistently training our souls and our minds to be renewed to the fact that we depend upon God. We need His provision today. Tomorrow? Yes, we will need it tomorrow. But tomorrow will come. We need Him today, daily. This day, give us our daily bread. Meet our needs today, Father. And tomorrow, we'll worry about tomorrow. I will not say much about this, but I do want to bring back to to our minds of what was in the very first sermon of this series. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, we are reminded that Christians are to pray for not only our daily bread, but also the daily bread of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I would challenge you in your prayer life to spend time thinking about your brothers and sisters in Christ and others who need to see the salvation and glory of Christ to pray that God would meet their needs as well. How healing that is to our soul even when we are in great need of daily bread that we are praying to the Father for the daily bread of others. And bread... I remember my picture that mom and dad got me that's in my office, a very well-known picture of the man, and there's another picture of the woman praying over their meal with just bread and soup on the table. And when Tori was a little girl, I had that in my office at home, and she said, what's he doing in that picture, daddy? And I said, well, he's praying over his meal. And she said, well, it's just bread and soup. Why is he praying for that? Bread doesn't seem too exciting to most of us today, but when you're hungry, bread is a beautiful thing. I remember also when I was young and when I'd complain, you know, maybe I'd say, Dad, I'm hungry, and he'd go through over two or three things we had in the kitchen or in the refrigerator, and I'd say, ah, that doesn't sound good. And about the second, third time, he'd say, well, you're not very hungry. You figure it out yourself then. And that was true. When we are asking for bread, we're not asking to live in lavishness, not more than what is beyond the Father's desire for us. Give us our needs today, Lord Jesus. Give us what we need. We are asking for what is needed to nourish and strengthen us for today. And here Jesus reminds us also the difference between what is a daily need and our lust for abundance as the world seeks. And we've got to remember that a lot of times we've said, well, God really didn't meet my needs today, but our perception for what is needed can be quite different than what God deems necessary for today. And that's the trust and the relationship that we have with the Father. You know, when we reach the glorious shores of heaven one day, we will look back like Moses reminded the children of Israel when they were on 
the borderline of the promised land. And he said, you look back these 40 years and your, your foot did not wear out and your shoes did not wear out and your garments did not wear out and you kept your strength. And I believe one day we're going to look back as we cross over into the promised land. And even though we might have grumbled and complained in the wilderness and got tired of the bread and wanted more even after we drank from the rock, and we saw the glories how God provided. One day we're going to look back and we're going to say, you know, our shoes did not wear out. God kept us strong. He kept clothes on our back. All the pilgrimage in this wilderness. I believe we're going to look back and say that. You see, we have a very false perception on what a need is in America. We really do. We somehow have come to the conclusion that we should have everything that we will always want and always need before us now. That somehow, I don't know what it is, we, but somehow that we're deserving of this because we're alive. And somehow we're deserving and we have the rights to all these things because we've arrived at this point in history right now. I don't know where we've come up with this mindset, but it's upon us. We have a very false perception of what true riches are in America at this point. And I want to say also that God will allow things to be tight on us at times. And He will do that to increase our faith and dependence upon Him. I don't like it any more than you do, but it keeps me dependent and trusting and realizing my fragileness in life, my inability to always provide all of my needs for myself, and at times asking, Father, or each day, give me this day our daily bread. And I want you to think, if we, if we had everything that we would ever need, and always want before us. If we never, if we had an endless supply of money in the bank, if we had everything that we thought we needed financially always before us, I, I want to tell you, you would not depend upon God. You might say, oh yeah, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. If you always had all the health you always wanted, and more than you needed, you would not depend upon God. I wouldn't. And don't be so self-righteous that you say, oh, yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. God allows us to have a little hunger and for things to be tight so that we will depend upon Him and trust Him. Another story of a couple, Sophia and John Ironside. John was an ardent soul winner, and he spent his short life preaching on the streets and the parks and the halls and theaters. They had two boys. At the age of 27, John contacted typhoid, and he quickly died. And Sophia Ironside was left with two small boys and no income in a much different day than what we live now. One of those two boys, Harry Ironside, would become... Later in his life, the world-famous pastor of Moody Memorial Church. He tells of this story of his childhood when uh, the, his mother, Sophia, the cupboard was, was barren. It was empty. And still, much like George Mueller's prayer, he still gathered the kids for breakfast to pray. 
even though there was no food. And so Sophia Ironside did that. She gathered her two sons to the table for breakfast. The plates were empty. There was nothing in the cupboard. There was only water to drink. And this is what the mother did. She read the scripture from Isaiah thirty-three sixteen before her boys. Uh, she closed her eyes quoting that scripture and said, Father, thou hast promised in thy word your bread shall be given and your water shall be sure. We have the water and we thank thee for it. And now we trust thee for the bread or for that which will take its place. Harry Ironside remembers that it was just moments later that when she finished praying that the doorbell rang and the boys ran to the door to find a man there. The man said, Miss Ironside, I feel very bad. We've been owing you for months about a dress you made for my wife. We have no money to pay you, but just now we're harvesting our potatoes and wondered if you would take a bushel or two on account of the old bill. She said, of course, I'd be glad to. It was just a few moments after that that those two boys smelt and heard that those potatoes sizzling in the frying pan. The, the point is, the mother still gathered. And I would encourage me or challenge myself along with all parents and grandparents here, do we demonstrate that kind of dependence upon the Lord, trust in the Lord, and thanks to the Lord in front of our children? Because that's a beautiful picture of faith that impacted her child's life as this man went on one of those boys to pastor many people and to teach them about dependence upon the Lord the true bread from heaven you see this points us to even a greater need that we have when we hunger for the physical bread or the needs of our life and we ask the father petitioning him for our daily nourishment and strength and needs, it points us to that deeper spiritual need that we have for the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Again, we realize that we don't always have the answers. We don't always have the strength. And even when we think we do, we need it even more than ever. That we are fragile and that we are frail. And we cannot always provide for us or our families like we'd like to or we feel that we need to. And we call upon the Heavenly Father. It points us to a need also deeper in our life that we are in need of salvation. That we are lost. That we are undone without the Father in our life through Jesus Christ. That we have a need for Jesus to be our spiritual bread to nourish us, to strengthen us, and give us spiritual life each and every day of our life. The Bible teaches us, and Jesus quoted it, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives eternally with God by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In John chapter 6 and verse 51, Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven, If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. You see, the truth is you can have all the material bread in the world. And I speak of all of our needs and wants. You can have all the bread in the world, a storehouse of daily food that will not run out for the rest of your life. But if you do not have the bread of life, Jesus Christ in your soul, beloved, listen to me this morning, you will die 
and live hungry each day and want for just a cool drop of God's mercy in a place called hell. Without the bread of life, your soul is hungry and starved. And you try to fill it with everything else that the world has to offer. And the world and Satan will put many things on your plate, my friend, but it will not satisfy your soul with eternal salvation and the glory of God. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And I want to say about hell, the Lord does not desire that for you. He desires to provide for your soul. And He desires to provide for your needs each day of your life. How wonderful to think today that there is a loving, caring, heavenly Father that provides for us each day, that provided salvation for us through the giving of His Son because He so loved the world. How wonderful to think that God through Jesus teaches us to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus, teach us how to pray.